Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn, and I'm here with Victoria Valinsky. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to Glow and Tell. So excited to be here today. We have a really exciting show, and today's topic is all about teen girls. And this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And not just because I was a teen girl, but because I work with a lot of teens at the spa. And, you know, finding that that glow that comes from within to the outside, you know, it doesn't start when we're adults, right, Vic? I mean, we know this. It's it's yeah. something that it, it's from way back when. And we learn so many things as kids, as teens, and it forms who we are today. Exactly. And it was so important for me to 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 take a deeper dive on Glow and Tell today and talk about this issue with an expert who works with this population exclusively. And I'm excited to dive into the discussion about, you know, what is really contributing to the perception that girls have of themselves, whether it's a positive perception or, you know, a tougher perception, a more negative critical perception, and what we as adults, parents, caretakers people that love these teens, what can we do to support them and help them? So that's what today's show is all about. Man, I can't wait. What an important topic, right? Especially yeah. coming from an expert because there's so much information out there. How do we know what is the right information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, today's expert um, is a very special person to me. Her name is Barb Steinberg. She is a licensed master social worker, and she has been practicing for more than 30 years, initially licensed as a clinical therapist and then licensed as a parent and teen coach. And um, in addition to her expertise in this field and her being an awesome contributor to our show today, she happens to be my oldest and dearest friend. <laughs> We've known each other for 40 years, um, so we can't, you know, make any bones about that. It's just what it is. But I'm thrilled to welcome Barb to the show. So welcome, Barb Steinberg. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk about everything we're going to talk about today. It's my favorite topic. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And we... You and I talk about this all the time anyway, offline, right? I mean, we are constantly talking about who we were as girls, as teens, as young adults, and how, you know, your inner thoughts, your your beliefs about who you are, what you look like, how they they affect every part of you. And it certainly shows on the outside what you're feeling on the inside. Absolutely. We have talked about that for many, many, many years. And I think that's a big reason for why I do what I do is I'm really hoping that teen girls and the parents in their lives will get this information as well. But I'm, my goal is that I really want these teen girls to be able to have a different inner voice where they have different thoughts and different beliefs that are more positive about themselves right. right? so that they can feel better. And then of course, have that glow that you guys are talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the glow, you know, in my business, of course, it's a much more obvious exterior message. I mean, 
teens are coming to me really, really highly critical, more than I've ever seen about their skin, their appearance, their body. And my goodness, when I when I see them, yeah, there may be a little bit of a skin condition that could be addressed or improved or a minor breakout or blemish, but it is truly nothing. What I'm seeing is nothing compared to what they are communicating and what they believe they are seeing on the outside. And is it just me or do you think that that this whole kind of self-critical thing with teens is is bigger now than it ever was or at least when we were growing up? I would I would agree. I would say yes it is and there are several reasons for that. You know, which will not be a surprise to anyone, but you know when we were growing up years ago as teenagers, I, I think about I looked in the mirror in the morning real quick to brush my teeth slap mm-hmm. on some, you know, Maybelline mascara and some <laughs> lip gloss and, you know, at night brush my teeth again. I didn't, I wasn't getting any other feedback really about how I looked. Whereas teens today are bombarded with not only images, but messages internally, externally about expectations about how they're supposed to look. Right. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And that word supposed to, I think is key and it's it's who's who's making the rules here who's saying that it has to be this way or it has to be that way and where's the individuality in all of that um one thing i do want to mention before we get into this because i know it's going to be good and we're going to get chatty the phone lines are open for anybody that would like to speak to barb live please call us at 866-472-5788 that's 866-472-5788 if you'd like to speak to Barb and get a question answered about your teen girl, about body image, about anything relating to this population. We would love to hear from you. And I know that we do have a lot of questions that were sent in in advance. Thank you for that to our listeners. Um, Victoria, are there any questions that you want to dive into now that are relevant? Yes. So we did okay. get a lot of questions from our listeners via email. So the first question that I got here is Tracy from New Jersey. All right. Tracy asks, Barb, how do you build a relationship with your child where they are age appropriately independent, but also know when to come to you with a problem and communicate when something is bothering them? Mm, That's such a great question. And just the fact that this mom is asking that tells me that she's probably already doing a pretty great job. So Age. So the question is, how do you build age appropriate connection? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so that they come to you when something important they need to share. So yes, it's, it really always starts with the relationship. And as parents, I think sometimes as our kids age, especially in preteen and teenage years, where we get kind of caught up in directing them and telling them what to do and how to be and what they've missed and correcting them. And we feel like we're guiding them and we are, but sometimes it feels like correction and criticism more than it does feel like guidance. That doesn't feel like connection. So we really sometimes have to put that aside and be able to just be with them and in a way that feels good to us and feels good to them. So I love to recommend getting out of the house away from all the responsibilities and doing something that is enjoyable to your child. So whatever that is, you know, I want to go get ice cream or go to my favorite restaurant or go watch a movie that I'm dying to see and have time where it's just the two of you outside of the house to talk about anything and everything. It's not just about grades and school and projects and responsibilities. 
So once that's one piece, having that good quality time where you're just enjoying each other, the other piece is that you are also listening about the non-important things, I should say non-important to you, but very important to them. So they might want to go on and on for an hour about what's going on with their friendship, or they might want to talk to you for 45 minutes about the new Harry Styles concert. Maybe that's just me, but they want to talk. These are things that are important to them. And so the more that you kind of are there listening, they're getting the message like, oh, okay, my mom, my dad, they want to listen to me. What I have to say is important, whether it's important to them or not. And so that builds the groundwork for them to come to you when it's, you know, something a little bit more important that they really do need your assistance on. That is that is great, great advice and great input. And it sparked a question in me, Barb. When when your when your teen is um, demonstrating um, a look, a fashion look, um, a makeup look, um, something about their appearance that may be not to your liking, maybe it's a little, you know, controversial in general, right? Like society would deem it as controversial. Say it's crazy hair color, or maybe your teen daughter is a little too sexy right now, or or I don't know, wacky makeup. Who knows? You were saying, you know, you don't want to, you know kind of be bossy and be so directive oriented. But how do you how do you talk about a topic like that? How do you talk about appearance without alienating them relationship wise? Yeah, so important. You know, teen girls in particular are pretty sensitive to any kind of feedback that we as parents offer and they hear it as criticism even when we don't feel that way and mean it to be. And we're just trying to protect them because we've walked in their shoes, right? We're trying to protect sure. them from ridicule or what have you. Sometimes it's about protecting them because we don't mm-hmm. want them to get um, feedback or some parents might say a reputation, quote unquote. Some parents, it's really about protecting themselves also. They don't mm-hmm. want to be seen as a certain kind of parent that is too permissive. So we want mm-hmm. to be honest with ourselves about that. But that's a really popular questions where, you know, especially today where half shirts are in and short shorts are in and all these girls are wearing them and parents are kind of freaking out. Like, really, are you going to wear that when I take you to Target? You're going to school like that. Um, and it can be scary because parents are worried about what is the perception of my child and what what's going to come towards her because of what she's wearing? What kind of attention right. is she going to get? Right. What are people going to think of her? Blah, blah, blah. So gently, lovingly. I wouldn't say in that moment may not be the best time when she's rushing out the door to go to school, but finding that window of opportunity where she seems a little bit more open to to talk again, maybe it's outside of the house and you're sharing with her, asking her kind of about her style because her style is really important. It's a part of her identity. And then also lovingly, gently sharing concerns like, Hey, you know, my concern is my worry is this, you might not have the same worry and that's okay. I wonder if there's a compromise here. Could you wear that when you're with your friends, when you're at our house and you guys are having a get together at our house, maybe instead of when we go out to dinner or when we go to church or wherever it is. So kind of letting her know that there's a, there are appropriate outfits based on the setting. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm going to wear to church is not what I'm going to wear to dinner Friday night with all my friends, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's 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 a great compromise. I like that. It, that's a really touchy one because, like you said, and we've talked about this so much over the years. At this age, kids are trying to individuate and separate from their parents, right? And you want them to have individual style, and it's part of the growth experience. And you don't want to, you know, 
push them further away, which a topic like that certainly can. Oh, gosh. Oh, Victoria. Yeah, you've got a question, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I think this kind of goes into a question from a listener. So what about when teens have to start dealing with their friends, right? So this is from Tara from New Jersey. She asks, I'm so worried when my daughter gets to the mean girl phase. Coping ideas for how to deal with gals being mean to her or telling her she's too tall, can't tumble that well, or that her hair is weird. I want her to be prepared for all of this, but I also don't want to scare her and take away her innocence at the same time. Mm, Yeah, I love that this mom is saying, I don't want to scare her and take away her innocence because sometimes as parents, we get so worked up about what's being said or done around our kids we have big reactions and we can kind of project those big feelings onto our kids where they might not even be there yet. Mm. So yeah, that is tough. You know, obviously we probably have all experienced people commenting on how we look and how we are and it's been negative and it's been hurtful. So one start is to check in with your daughter and say, how did it feel when your friend said that? that you're too tall, you can't tell, how did it feel for you? So let her connect with how it feels that gives you a sense of where she is with that and how much it's bothering her or not. So you follow her lead. And then you can maybe even talk about, you know, if it feels appropriate, you can say, well, why do you think somebody might say that to you? What do you think that might be about? She might not have an answer. You want to have an answer in your back pocket. And then you can talk about how to potentially not let that in. So how do you feel about how tall you are? Well, the tricky part is, is that's not something that you can really change. So Mm -hmm. the more that we think I hate this about myself, the more that we feel badly, right? We feel sad, we feel upset, we feel anger. So then looking, asking her to um, be careful about how can I not let that in? How can I reject that criticism? How can I find things about myself that I am willing to like about myself or appreciate? Do I need to distance from that person that's causing me to not feel good? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Really, really good advice. So this, this critical voice that we have in our heads as humans, right? We've got this, this voice that's kind of always nagging. As teens, it seems to be louder than ever. Would you say that that parents, caretakers as adults, that we're ever contributing to that that negative kind of criticism, that inner voice? What role are we playing in this? How can we do better, be better? So the short answer is yes, sometimes uh, unknowingly and sometimes knowingly we are contributing to that critical voice. Um, sometimes it has to do with how we were parented. If we were parented by parents kind of top down feeling like I'm in order to motivate you and get you to be and do what I want you to, I need to come down hard and criticize you to motivate you. That's not a motivator that just creates fear. Mm -hmm. Um, you might get a result, but you're not going to get a good relationship. And (laughs) if you have a strong willed child, you might not get a result. So true. Yeah. So you've got to ask ourselves, like, do I really need to say this thing that I think I'm about to say that is really just critical? And because I want her to be a better basketball player. I want her to get a higher score on her SAT, whatever it is. Like, I love to say, do I want a relationship or do I want to be right? So before you say something, ask yourself that, is it really necessary for me to give her feedback on this? And if so, is there a kinder, more lovingly, loving way to do it? 
so much of it's about language at the end of the day, right? It's all about language. In my parent coaching sessions, honestly, that's 90% of what I do is giving parents the words to say, yeah, build the relationship and also get results in the relationship that they want. Right. It, you know, I think we've talked about this. You and I, we as humans, we all talk about this. We spend more time learning how to communicate with our team at work, our um, our supervisor, our boss at work, our our subordinates at work, what have you, than we do spend time practicing on how to commute communicate with mm-hmm. our, you know, our spouse, our partner, our children. Yeah. If we would just slow our roles a little bit and think about the word choice, like we're saying right now things would be so different. It would land so differently. And, um, you know, that's something you've certainly helped me a lot with because you do this for a living and it's helped me in my personal relationships and in my professional relationships. But I think as parents, people just must forget that a lot of times. It's really innocent, you know, it's not on purpose. They do because they're, they're still thinking they're dealing with a small child versus an adolescent and they're not thinking about mutual respect. You wouldn't go into your co-worker's office and tell them that they're lazy, but you might to your team. It's not going to fly. (laughs) Exactly. Victoria, you've got another call or a question. Yes, yes. Actually, this kind of ties into Holly from New Jersey's question. She wants to know, well, how do you keep this open communication and positive relationship when your team changes like the wind? Mm. Their mood and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, you've got to be nimble as a parent, nimble. You've got to be flexible. You've got to read the room, read the mood, right? So if she's in a she or he is in a bad mood um, and they're touchy and they're crunchy, that's not the time to start having a deep conversation or telling them that they need to correct something. That's the time to be gentle and say, I see you're having a hard time. Can I give you a hug? Do you need some space? Do you need me to listen while you talk? Do you need to vent about something? So you're checking in versus forcing something. I love that. More questions, less less barking. <laughs> more questions, more listening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, this is a good time to take a quick break. Um, just a reminder, if anybody wants to speak to us live, please give us a call at 866 866- Four seven two five seven eight eight. I do want to mention before we go to break that you can find Barb Steinberg on Instagram at Barb Steinberg Parenting. And her YouTube channel, guys, is super rich with content. If you just search Barb Steinberg, it's it's there's so much therapy for free on YouTube, you will be blown away. And when we come back, we are going to dive into which a topic which I think is probably the juiciest of the hour, which is about the influence that social media has on our teens. So get ready, buckle up for that as soon as we come back on Glow and Tell. Be right back. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. We are here today with Barb Steinberg, licensed master social worker, teen coach, parent coach, and Victoria Valinsky. Um, when we were going to break, I mentioned that we were going to dive right into social media and the influence that that is having on our teen girls. But before we do that, I had a flash on the break about how I think, Barb, we should take just a quick moment and quickly define what coaching really is, teen coaching, parent coaching, and how that's different from therapy and you know how does a how does a parent know if they if they need to be coached or if their teen needs a coach tell us your thoughts on that yeah i would say that good coaching and good therapy can certainly overlap by all means uh, I think I was drawn to coaching because I love problem solving. And I, I, as a parent, as a human, if I have a problem or an issue and I can't figure out how to fix it, I want, I want to find a solution. I want to fix it. And that's what I love about coaching because it's very action oriented and it's very um, focused on the positive and the strengths and the abilities of the teen and the parent. So, you know, when parents come to me, it's it's a lot like these questions that are being posed today and they want answers. They want to know, what do I say? What do I do? What's the appropriate response? That's what coaching is. It's very action oriented. Here are solutions present day. And teen girls, honestly, you know, they're not usually wanting to lay on a couch and talk about when they were three. They're talking about, hey, this is what's going on in my life right now. And I want it to be different. How do I do that? I don't know how. So coaching, as I said, it's very um, solution focused and very um, strength based. Whereas therapy, often it's someone is needing a more intensive therapeutic approach because they are um, possibly they're clinically depressed or they have an anxiety disorder or they've got some suicidal ideation. They've got an eating disorder that is more therapeutic that that's when they need therapy. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a great clarifier. And thank you for that. I I've experienced both therapy and coaching. I love both, but in particular, I think coaching is, is great because it's, it's very collaborative 
you know, the the coach is is getting involved and and asking questions in a different way than I think a therapist traditionally does. And I, like you said, I, I love that it's goal oriented. It's it's let's get this done. I mean, we use a coach in sports. We use a coach for nutrition. I mean, you know, we weren't born with rule books of how to be a parent or how to be a a good teen yeah. and have it all together. Yeah, right. I mean, we all need help. And I just I, I think it's great that people are asking for help more and more these days you know, of people like you and other coaches and therapists. And yeah, so don't be afraid of coaching y'all. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and we were saying earlier also, some of these questions that are coming up that are absolutely wonderful. You do entire sessions on these singular questions, right? Absolutely. I do. They're really juicy and they're multi-layered. And I wish that I had the time, you know, to give 50 minutes to each question, because honestly, these are the questions that people come to me with for coaching. Right, right, exactly. So without further ado, let's dive into so social media and talk about how that is having an impact on all of us, obviously. Um, as, as we know, Barb, at you know, in our early 50s, we did not have social media growing up. We didn't even have it in our 20s. And it's something that is a huge part of teenagers' lives today. How could it not have a major influence on how they feel about themselves from a body image standpoint? from a popularity standpoint, from a fashion standpoint, from a do I fit in standpoint. And, you know, I've talked with so many of my friends, and I know you counsel and coach on this about what role social media should have. You know, where are the boundaries? You know, let's start kind of top level. How are you supporting your teens and, and your parents with managing social media in their lives? Well, I will say this, I, I am not going to be the, the person that you know, throws the baby out with the bathwater and says, oh, phones, technology, social media, horrible. They should be thrown in the trash. Technology is here to stay. And so we are we are the first gener generation of parents that are having to deal with raising children with phones in their hands. So we're trying to figure this out as we go along. I will say, you know, I talk to teen girls often about how social media is making them feel. So it's one thing, and that's where we really need to check in. How is social media impacting their mental health? Right. So if I'm seeing a picture of somebody that I'm following on social media as a teen girl, and she's inspiring me to come up with these cool outfits that I really love, and it makes me happy, and it makes me feel excited to get dressed in the morning, I love my new style, that speaks to her mental health. She feels happy. She feels excited. She feels inspired. Now let's go on to the other extreme where a girl is who she's following is really impacting how she views herself. She's not good enough. All of these flaws that she now sees. Now I need to put on more makeup or I need to get plastic surgery or whatever it is. So that now is impacting her mental health negatively. So often I talk to girls. So if you've been on, you're scrolling through Instagram, let's say it's Snapchat, it's been 30 minutes. How do you feel afterwards? Scale of one to 10, 10 being super happy, one being sad, upset, disappointed, lonely. Checking in, they check in with themselves. How is this making me feel? So if it's towards the negative, I have had many girls that we kind of, come up with an agreement about lessening the social media. So now it's X minutes a day. I've had some girls that will remove certain apps off of their phone because they realize this is not helpful to me. It's actually harmful. It doesn't mean that they don't go back. Sometimes they do. They're just taking a break so that they can gauge. How does this make me feel? Mm, okay. That's wonderful. God, I think adults need to do that as well. <laughs> 
we need to check in and say, how's this making me feel? Right. I feel better, better or worse. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's great. Checking in with, with the emotional side of it all. So what do you feel about, I mean, technology, like you said, is here to stay. Social media is not going anywhere. It's about managing it. Um, and I know it's tough to probably give just a hard and fast rule to any mom or dad or, you know, guardian, but can you, can you give us some guidelines? What do you feel, you know, has been working in your experience with your, with your population? Yeah. I don't have a guideline like only 30 minutes a day. I mean, every child is different. The age plays a part, their level of responsibility, their level of maturity, their interest in social media, it all plays a part. I do think that there are times in order, I'm all about balance. And Mm -hmm. so I do think that there are times that we need to have some expectations in our families about when technology is not present in our interactions. So for example, dinner table, mealtime, no phones at the table. These are the rules that I really enjoy and have found to be positive. Um, When we go to sleep at night, everybody's plugging their phone in, whether maybe it's in the master bathroom or it's in the kitchen, although some kids will sneak down and get it. Um, Or it's a car ride, anything under 30 minutes, no phones. It's a time to listen to music or chat if you want to. We're out in nature hiking, no phones. So having these times where you can take a tech break and be present with other human beings Mm -hmm. or with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Victoria, we've got another question from a listener. Yes, we do. Actually, Kathy from Iowa asks, how do we navigate toxic and potentially harmful advice from social media? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If you're... Teens are sharing it with you and they're telling you, I saw this, I read this, I heard this. You're already ahead of the game because now you have something to respond to. My first question almost always is, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Because we're trying to empower our kids to think for themselves and to be self-reflective. So if I, if she's seen, read something that feels toxic to her, causes her to feel negatively, that's what we want her to connect That thing you just saw and you heard, look at how it made you feel. It's not helpful to you. It's harmful to you. What do you want to do with that information? So if they're younger, then we might be saying, you know, that sounds like a person that I think you shouldn't follow. If they're older, we want to ask them, like, what do you want to do with that information? Because we're trying to empower them to say, yeah, this isn't helpful to me. I am going to distance from this, or I don't want to listen to this anymore. I just did this with a girl last week where she's following news sites that are really causing her to have major fear in her life. Oh, wow. So we talked, she agreed to removing those and adding some positive um, folks to follow. Isn't it funny how sometimes the obvious will escape us when we get into this emotional spiral with all this information and we forget well, the basics like, don't look at that anymore. Teenagers in particular, and even some adults, but teenagers are not, they don't really have a space in their life, nor do they have the brain development to sit around and go, you know what, let me give myself five minutes today to <laughs> contemplate about how my life is going and how social media is impacting me. That's why we need to be involved. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you've taught me a lot about brain development in teenagers because the brain is not fully developed until what age, 25? 25, yeah. So that to me, okay, let's quickly do a side jig over here. Let's talk about this 15, 16, 17-year-old. What key parts of their brain are are not developed that could really be affecting what we're talking about right now, where we need to jump in and give some support and some guidance? What is being fully developed in the teenage years 
is the emotional center of the brain. So that's why they have big emotional responses to things. What they don't have is a fully developed frontal lobe. That's executive processing. So that's where you have flexible thinking versus black and white thinking, all good, all bad. That's where you have planning. That's where you have rational influence, calming influence. They don't have that yet. So that's okay. why you know, parents are like, oh my God, what were you thinking? And they're like, well, I wasn't, I don't have a frontal lobe yet. <laughs> that it's so, it's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know how, how many people even know that and knowing that right there, man, it makes me want to cut, cut them, cut them a break, you know? Totally. It's about, it's about compassion. You wouldn't look at a six month old and say, um, why are you not walking yet? Get up. developmentally they can't it's the same as teenagers with their frontal lobes okay victoria's dying to interject a question from a listener on this topic i think yes because it yes it just flows so nicely so holly from pennsylvania asks you know since the frontal lobe hasn't developed and parents need to be there to help their kids with these sorts of things what would you say is another good resource for teens to learn these social skills you know cell phone text you know, etiquette, as well as conflict resolution. Hire a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Hire a parent coach. Yep. (laughs) I mean, that's huge because we're expecting our teenagers to have the social skills, the friendship skills, communication skills that a lot of adults have. Some uh, adults don't have it, but they, they don't have it. These are skills that you learn over time. So when you find your kid is in a conflict with a friend, then we've got to ask, you know, um, how do you feel about what's going on? What would you like to change? What would you like it to see? How would you like to see it resolved? And then do you have any ideas about what you would like to do? So maybe she comes up with three or four ideas. Would you like to pick one and try it? Of course, you're going to have some ideas in your back pocket and you're going to ask her, hey, I have some ideas. Would you like to hear them? Another empowering question. So you've got to be patient. These are skills that they're learning over time. You don't get on a bike and ride it perfectly the first time. You're going to mess up in your friendship skills and communication skills. But we do want to emphasize kindness. Even if you, you know, you don't want to be friends with someone or you don't like what someone's wearing, how can I, do I have to say everything that I think? No. Secondly, how can I say what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking in a kind, respectful way? And they need us to, we need to role model that and we need to practice it, role play it with them. You just took the words out of my mouth. I think it's about modeling behavior because if, if the parents and the guardians aren't, aren't doing this themselves, how are they going to learn? Kids right. do what their parents do, period, right? I mean, right. it's kind of human nature. Um, so tell me this. What if, you know, let's say we're at the early stages. It's, it's an, a younger teenager, a 14-year-old, you know, really coming into their own, and a parent's just being made aware of, oh, wow, there's a lot going on. What am I going to do? How do I handle this? What are some signs that our teen could be showing us? that that may be a sign of struggle or I've got some stuff going on that a parent could take as a cue to then maybe start asking those questions you mentioned earlier. Because as we know, most teens are not going to come over and sit down and say, hey, okay, so I've got a few issues and I really want to talk to you about this, mom. <laughs> we wish, right? <laughs> It'd be really nice if they did. Right. So are there some behaviors or things, you know, yeah. signs that they could look for? We're looking for changes essentially, right? So it's changes in behavior and emotional changes. So is she sleeping more or less than she, I say she, because I only work with teen girls. Um, 
Is she sleeping less or more than she used to? Is she eating less or more than she used to? Is she more irritable? So sometimes it's not always sadness in teenagers. Sometimes it shows up as more irritation and agitation. And that's why it's a little bit tricky to notice this Mm -hmm. because irritability is a big part of being a teenager. Right. Really kind of you're watching for patterns and you're watching for consistency over time. Uh, And then, you know, uh, her thinking, is she more negative than she normally is? Is she more catastrophic in her thinking? Is she isolating more? Does she have less motivation or interest in things that she normally did have interest or motivation for? Behavioral and emotional changes. Okay. And if you, let's say you see some of those things, you see the irritation, you know, sleeping patterns are off, you know, diet is off, eating is off. What do you do? Can you just break it down to real layman's terms on what you'd suggest the parent to do? You look for that window of opportunity to have that conversation. When she looks a little bit more agreeable, she's in a good mood, well-rested, well-fed, find that window of opportunity to begin to ask questions. Hey, I've noticed X lately. I've noticed that you've been a little bit more tired. You haven't been interested in in what you're normally interested in. I'm I'm just wondering, is there anything going on? So I'm general. Scale Mm -hmm. one to 10. How happy are you feeling in your life these days? Maybe you break it down. How happy are you with your academics, your social life, your uh, alone time, your sports? And then you can always ask, you know, everybody sometimes in life, they need some support. It's nice to have an extra person in your corner, to have your back, to kind of be on your side, to create space for you to talk about whatever you want to. Would you be interested in having somebody like that? It's outside of our family that you can talk about whatever you want in private. I love that. I love the kind of the yes or no questions, the scale of one to 10 continuum to to encourage the communication because, you know, even as adults, sometimes we can't find the words to describe how we're feeling, let alone how can we expect a 14 or 15 year old to properly articulate what's going on in their heart, in their head. So I love that you're making it simple for them to communicate. Um, Now, I know that you are seeing clients literally globally over Zoom and in person, but if somebody needs support, where can they go in their community to get some support? Any general resources that you'd recommend? Sure. So, you know, if you're interested in coaching with me, you can always go to my website, barbsteinberg.com. If you're interested in therapy or counseling, I think a great resource is Psychology Today. They have counselors and therapists in your neighborhood or in your community. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. We actually have to take one more quick break. Okay. We'll be right back on Glow and Tell. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. 
Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back. We are here with Barb Steinberg, who is a teen coach, parent coach, and you can find her on Instagram at Barb Steinberg Parenting and on YouTube at Barb Steinberg so much incredible content there. And um, as I have mentioned, Barb sees her clients, both her teens and her parents in person and on Zoom, has clients all over the world. But as we were saying before we went to break, if you are looking to find somebody local because you want to see somebody in person in your community, Psychology Today is a great resource for both therapy and for coaching. So, um, you know, reach out, look into that as a great starting point for, um, for some support for you and your kids. So I know we want to um, keep going with these juicy topics. We've got a couple really important questions that have come in from listeners. And Victoria, why don't you give us the one that you just shared with me? Yes, yes. This one's from High School Life. Yes, the most important. I got this one from Kathy from Iowa. And Kathy says that her daughter just entered high school and is now starting to get invited to parties where she may not know all the kids or their parents. And, you know, we hear that many high school parties are having drugs and alcohol. So how do you manage that when you have a good kid who you trust overall? And some of these parties may not be that bad, but Kathy probably will never know the full details. Great question. And very, very common in today's world. Um, I would say, yeah, very common. So I would say you really want to keep the communication open about drugs and alcohol. So you want, I love the idea of giving our teens education information about drugs and alcohol so that if, and when they do make that choice, they're educated about how it processes in the body and how much alcohol it takes to get a certain blood alcohol content in the blood and um, how girls and guys process it differently. And it has to do with weight and has to do with whether you've eaten and so on. So they need a lot of education around it. And then we've also got to talk about the why behind it. So why would you want to go to a party and drink? So is it, I really want to have a good time. It looks a lot like a lot of fun. I want to be grown up and do grown up things. I want to fit in. I have social anxiety and I want to feel more calm and have, you know, confidence. Mm -hmm. So talking about the why behind it and also giving them some 
helpful tips about how they can avoid it if they want to. So can they bring their own red solo cup Can and they have their own liquid in it? Don't take anything from anybody else that you don't know. Can they bring their own water bottle and drink water in between any alcoholic beverages to decrease, um, you know, becoming drunk? Um, looking at the time and only having one alcoholic beverage per hour. Um, saying that my mom and dad are going to breathalyze me when I get home, so I can't drink. So using them as an excuse. So really education and then talking about the why and also as they're younger you want to make sure i like to say that each year that a teenager gets older they get more yeses they get more freedom Mm -hmm. so if you've got a ninth grader you might not feel comfortable letting her go to a party where there might be alcohol so you guys have got to talk about that and the why behind it that you just aren't ready for her to be exposed to that because there is pressure you are who you hang out with so if you're at a party and everybody's drinking and you don't want to Pressure is real. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, and if you're really wanting to fit in, you might say yes to something you really don't want to do. Right, right. Tell me, can you elaborate more on the difference between male and female, boy and girl processing of drugs and alcohol? Well, like, for example, when I I have a one sheet that I give to girls and to parents about one side is about alcohol, the other side's about weed, um, pot. They always say weed now. And so it just, it talks about how like a 100 pound girl can process one ounce of alcohol in one hour approximately. And so I even get out, like, what does one ounce look like? How much alcohol content is in a beer or a truly versus a, not that teens are drinking wine, but we I was going to say one ounce is nothing. That's nothing. And most drinks have more than one ounce, right? Right. right. So I'm showing them and giving them that information. And if you haven't eaten, if you're you're hormonal and on your period, you're going to process it differently. So in today's world, a lot of girls are trying to keep up with the boys at the party. They're for shot, for shot, beer for beer. And it's it's not helpful. Interesting. Because I didn't even think about gender having anything to do with how we process it, you know, metabolically. That's so interesting. Okay. Okay. Good question. Um... So back continuing with this gender conversation, male versus female, it seems to me that so many of these these critical thoughts, the uh, the hypercritical thoughts and judgments about oneself are more pervasive with teen girls than teen boys. Is is there truth to that? Or is that just because I see more girls in my business than I do guys? What's happening there? I would say yes to that, even though in recent years we have seen that increase with boys too. Okay. And, you know, I think we can speak to social media and TV and movies to speak that has contributed to that. But for girls in general, I would say that in recent decades, we've had the over sexualization, over feminization of girls. So if you, if girls are looking around at role models, you know, um, pop singers, actresses, Um, you know, social media stars, they're getting a lot of feedback about what is valuable as a female. This is what makes you, brings you popularity. This is what brings you fame, money, success to look this way. And so they feel like to be at valued and to be wanted and desired, I have to look and act like that. And it's very narrow viewpoint. Yeah. And in my business, obviously the spa world, um, you know, young women coming in for facials and that sort of thing. As I said earlier, there's a lot of that self-criticism, a lot of judgment about their appearance and a lot of discussion about 
they wish they looked like this. They mm-hmm. wish they looked like that. Um, it's not just about their face, obviously. I know that there are a lot of young women um, that are wanting to have surgeries at a really young age. They're they're wanting to make, you know, what could be permanent changes to their body because of what they're seeing out there, everything that you just described, which is massive and, you know, things that we didn't have influencing us back in the day. Mm-hmm. How How could a parent, how could a caregiver, a guardian handle a teen coming to them saying, hey, I, I want some surgery so I can fix blah, blah, and blah. Yeah. Um, how do you handle that one? Yeah, I'm thinking about a mom who came to me uh, a while back and her daughter wanted a nose job. And I, I think her daughter was maybe 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, your body is still growing at 15 and 16. It's still changing. So there's that to consider. And I think even more importantly, in during adolescence, one of the most important developmental tasks that's going on is identity. Who am I? What am I about? What do I believe in? What's my worth? Why am I here? Big, big questions about identity. Well, often girls in this case might think, oh, well, if I have a different nose, then I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be more attractive. I'm going to be more wanted. All of these good things are going to happen to me. And when that happens, I think it can stunt that really important developmental task of identity. There's a lot of growth that happens in learning to not only accept, but like who you are, how you look. And that's an important piece of developmental development and self-growth. And that said, you know, obviously I think we all know that it's possible that you can be 25, you're out of adolescence, you get that nose job, and you might be really disappointed that it didn't give you everything that you thought it was going to give you. In some cases, maybe it does make you feel really, you already felt good about yourself and now you feel even better. Great. Mm -hmm. But not in all cases. <laughs> not in all cases. Not in all cases. I think a key point that you made there is that physically the body is still growing. It is still changing. It is still developing. And personally, when it comes to something facially, I, I would love for teens to wait just a little bit longer to grow mm-hmm. into themselves. Because, I mean, we know as as adults now, things are still changing. Our faces are still shifting. Our bodies are still shifting. And you know, patience is a virtue for a reason. And, you know, when we're kids, we don't have any patience. You know, we want the quick fix. <laughs> we want to be different now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Victoria has another question. Okay. Yes. Yes. We just got another email. This email is from Tiffany from Ohio. And Tiffany wants to know, Barb, how can parents help a teen deal with those daily frustrations and anxiety in a healthy way? Oh, anxiety is massive for all of us these days. Yeah, I would say, I've said several times in the talks that I give when I'm out speaking that when I was growing up as a teenager, I don't ever remember using the word stress. And I don't remember ever hearing my friends use the word I'm stressed. Okay. That's interesting. That's a really interesting point. So daily, I hear it from multiple teens and parents concerned about their teens, stress and anxiety. Teens now more than ever have more on their plates and more coming at them than ever before. So the expectations for them are all that are, and their stress and anxiety levels are almost on par with adults now. Wow. Really as a teen and a child, obviously you should have a lot less stress than an adult. So how do we help them with that? First of all, we need to be really mindful about teaching them to say no. Do they have to have all of these things on their plates? You know, I, do they have to have six AP classes and a volunteer 
opportunity and a job and they're captain of the sports team, do they need to do all of those things? No, they really don't. Right. And so we need to teach them to be able to say no. We need to be able to teach them and show them and role model that there has to be balance between doing and being. You've got to have some downtime of doing nothing where nothing is asked of you or expected of you to rest, to recuperate, to play, sleep. And then I love the idea of using, creating a stress busters list. And I recommend that every person in the family create this and they do it together as a family activity where you write down 10 to 20 things that no matter how small or how big that reduce your stress and bring you contentment, pleasure, peace, joy, happiness, whatever. So it could be everything from petting the dog or, you know, getting on an airplane and going to the Bahamas, put it on the list and put the list somewhere where you can see it. So if you're having a stressful day, scale of one to 10, five and above, choose something from that list. And maybe it's just laying on your bed and listening to music, but choose something that will bring the stress down and bring you contentment. I love that. I need a stress busters list on my fridge as well. I'll do. <laughs> That's a great one. And I also think, you know, spending time with technology, too much time with technology can add to that stress. That decompression that you're talking about, I think is so vital and turning off tech as part of the decompression, I think really, really is a great support to that as well. Teens really think that that's their num that's their go to their number one way of kind of checking out of relaxing right right and they can be one but I'm recommending you have ten to twenty because you gotta have it's balance you can't okay. only have a phone as a way of re relaxing and then you've got to ask yourself am I really relaxing when I'm on the phone sometimes it's a yes sometimes it's not right exactly exactly oh my god. This is this has been so fantastic, such important information, and that all of us can take take in and hopefully grow from. And Barb, I just want to thank you so much for all that you've contributed today. It's been so fun, and like we said earlier, I think we could just keep going for hours on one of those questions. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And as I said, this is my favorite stuff to talk about. Oh my God, I love talking about it with you. So thank you again, guys. You can find Barb Steinberg on Instagram at Barb Steinberg Parenting, on YouTube at Barb Steinberg, and she does virtual coaching um, for parents and teens. So please check her out. And next week, get ready. We are going to be talking all about hair with Farah Reed, who is amazing and is going to be bringing so much juicy info that you are going to love to next week's show. So please tune in. And from all of us here at Glow and Tell, Barb, Victoria, and myself, thank you so much for listening. We love it that you're here and we look forward to next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.